Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker, and in this week's episode, the boys begin book five of the Dead Sons Adventure Path. I give you a quick recap for anyone new joining us here at Roll for Combat, and I discuss some upcoming events going on at the Roll for Combat Discord channel and the Roll for Combat podcast. So welcome anyone who is brand new to the Roll for Combat podcast who's joining us for the first time. This is the beginning of book five of the Dead Sons Adventure Path, and we are up to episode 91. Now, does that mean you need to listen to all prior 90 episodes of the Roll for Combat podcast? Well, you can, but you don't have to, because I'm going to give you a quick recap of everything that has occurred up to date. That's right, although the adventure path itself has a lot of, well, adventure, if you will, and a lot of combat and shenanigans and character development and enemies getting slayed, really, the main story is all you need to know, and it's really not that complex. So, let me jump right into it. What happened is that our intrepid adventurers came across a strange piece of machinery that seemed to be ancient in nature, and it turns out that this piece of machinery was actually part of a much larger weapon called the Stellar Degenerator. The Stellar Degenerator is basically a Death Star that can blow up and destroy an entire system. It actually is Starkiller base, if you will. It actually will destroy the sun of any system, and then of course, all the planets within that system will, well, shrivel up and die. After our heroes discover this, of course, the bad guys also discover this as well. And in this case, there's two groups of bad guys. There's the Cult of the Devourer and the Corpse Fleet. The Cult of the Devourer is, well, a group of cultists who want to do nothing except bring the end of all life to the universe. So they pretty much just want to kill everything. So they're very interested in finding this weapon. The other group is a little bit more enigmatic and has sort of been hiding in the shadows, and that is the Corpse Fleet. The Corpse Fleet is an offshoot of the undead world Eox. Eox, or undead, are actually the good guys in this adventure. That's right, in the Starfinder universe, the undead are good guys. However, a small faction of undead who wanted nothing to do with the living broke off and formed what's called the Corpse Fleet. And they, well, want to kill everyone, or at least kill all the living people and make everyone undead. And they're considered radicals by Eox and all, well, good undead. So both of these groups are looking for the Stellar Degenerator, and both groups seem to always be one step ahead of our heroes. The last book, Book 4, the heroes managed to actually find the ancient civilization that made the weapon, but the civilization sort of became Mad Maxed and went from 
super advanced mega power that control the stars, the sun, the planets, and the universe itself, and now uses like, oh, bows and arrows. So they have fallen from grace. In this adventure where the role for combat guys were playing with the natives, they managed to discover that, of course, they were one step behind the Cult of the Devourer, who got there a little bit before them and managed to find out the final location of where the Stellar Degenerator is. The Stellar Degenerator is hidden in a demiplane somewhere way off in the distant part of the galaxy. Something called the Gate of the Twelve Suns. So now, we pick up with our heroes, who are leveling up to level 10. They're about to get ready to go chase everyone, go to this Gate of the Twelve Suns, track down these cultists, hopefully stop them from opening the gate, and kill them once and for all. However, this is some ancient civilization that's totally hidden in a part of the universe that no one's ever been to, and no one has any idea what to expect. So these guys also have a feeling that they're never coming back to civilization ever again. They're either going to win the fight or die trying. So... They have to be very careful in how they level up their characters and what gear they're going to be bringing with them because all those credits and everything they have, this is it. They're probably never ever going to get to spend them again. So that's where we pick up with our characters at Absalon Station getting ready to go to the Gate of the Twelve Suns. Oh, and what about the corpse fleet, you say? No one knows. They kind of have been appearing here and there, but so far they've been pretty quiet. I guess we'll never hear from them ever again. So there we go. You have been recapped on 90 episodes. That was really not too hard now, was it? For those of you who want to know more about the show and kind of how it works and what we're all about, I strongly suggest you listen to episode zero and where I go through a detailed overview of the show, our background, the experience, and so forth. Something else I want to let you know is that our community is quite vibrant. And if you go to the Discord channel, which you can go to at discord.rollforcombat.com, you'll find a very friendly group of people who will be happy to talk to you about all things role-playing. And we play a lot of games. That's right. We are always playing Starfinder, Pathfinder, Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and sometimes either other games. We actually play with a method called play-by-post, or in this case, play-by-discord, where instead of sitting down in front of a table or playing over a virtual tabletop on the internet, you're doing it all through text. Now, you've probably seen this before. Sometimes people do it on bulletin boards, but the advantage of doing it in a Discord is you have a lot more options available to you. You have, like, colored text. You can put in images. It's also much, much faster. So if you like a faster-paced game, play-by-discord is the way to go. We're always starting brand new games, and with the advent of Pathfinder 2nd Edition starting in just a few weeks, we're going to be starting a huge number of new games. So definitely check that out if you're interested in joining us in playing. Also note, on the show I often have GM and PC tips. However, ironically, I will not have one this week because I actually have to go to the airport in just a few hours, and I gotta get this episode done because if I do not get this episode done, it will not be posted for another week because I am going to another country where I will not be able to easily post new episodes, so I just gotta get this finished, and there's a lot more to do. So, new people, 
Welcome to the show. Enjoy the ride. I think we're going to have a good time. People have been with us. Here we go. The beginning of the end, if you will. For those of you who know Dead Sons, book five and book six are a crazy, crazy ride. They're just nuts. It's like edge of your seat adventure. It's actually probably my two favorite books. I've been really excited to see how they get into it, what they do, and all that fun stuff. But with that, let's get right to the episode. So here we are. We're beginning book five of Dead Sons. Everyone managed to survive Jason Keeley's opus and is more or less alive. Well, Cheddar didn't quite make it, but everyone else is more or less alive from the super epic, annoying combat that would never end that went 30 plus rounds. You guys all make it back to the station. You get all cleaned up. You're level nine. Tuttle now has a nice new glow to him. Akiro got rid of all the spikes and the other garbage, and now he looks more like a proper Hell Knight. Cheddar will find out if he's been rebuilt. Mo, well, Mo's pretty much the same. And Rusty has a nice new sheen on him. It's as if he's been spit and polished at the car wash. So with all that, tell me about all of your characters. What did you do? What did you buy? What did you level up in? And in fact, on that point, I'd like to actually start if nobody else objects. Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. Yes, we'll go in the order that it's... Roll a diplomacy to allow that. Chris Beamer is playing the tiefling technomancer, Akiro the Just. Right. That is exactly what's going to happen right now. (laughs) Uh, Before we started recording, I asked everyone what their default attitude towards Rusty is. Uh, Mo is indifferent to Rusty, and Dr. Tuttle and Akira appear to be unfriendly towards him. On the long, long voyage home, because at level 9 I've upgraded my diplomacy skill, I would like to give them a rousing speech to improve the actual opinion of the crew towards Rusty himself. This means I'm going to be making my diplomacy roll after an extended 20-minute speech, and you'll be all making your sense mode rolls against me. Wait, okay, diplomacy I, I, it doesn't go against sense motive. It goes against something else. Okay, whatever you'd it's like It's a DC to roll. or something, isn't it? It is DC. That's absolutely correct. Do I get a bonus for Rusty talking through my cabin door? John Stats plays the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinski when he's actually giving... Uh, sadly, no. It's while you're actually on deck at some point. <laughs> several days for home. I'm while going you're at attention. Yeah, while you're at attention and on duty. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm making my diplomacy roll. I'd like to let you know in advance, if I make my roll, it will improve your attitude towards me one level. And if I make it by five, by five or more, it'll improve you by two levels. So even you want friendly people, we'll move up to friendly. So much like those GMs that make people who play bards actually sing which by the way is like the most annoying thing in history i want bob to give me the 20 minute speech that Uh you are gonna give them although i will say you could abridge it down to one minute how about that thank you i'm prepared at this time if you are as well (sighs) yeah i'm prepared let me take all right excuse me i'm gonna take a little sip clear my throat and all right i'm ready Crew. Mo, Dr. Tuttle, new guy who took Hiroji's place. I'm glad that you're all here to listen to me. It seems that over the last few weeks that we've been involved in a number of different, very difficult situations, and I'm proud. I want to say proud of all of you for following my lead 
and achieving victory, therefore. I know some of you have actually been cowardly. I mean, Mo ran away in that last fight like three times. But nevertheless, we all held together by telling him to just buck the hell up. And we actually won the fight, therefore. I mean, Hiroji, we don't know. Whatever. That Let's not worry about that. But the point is that we all stood together, together as a team. And I want to talk about teamwork, where there is a me in team. When I say me, I'm referring to me, your leader. My name is Rusty Carter. What I think that we all need to do going forward is that we also have to realize that a team is only as good as its weakest link, and we all know that I am not that weakest link. It's possibly one of you, I'm not going to name names. But at the same time, we all moving together forward will definitely achieve victory in our quest to um, to achieve victory. Let, let, look, I'm not going to worry about what exactly our goal is, but, but that we're going to achieve victory in our goal, and that's what's important. Let me also remind all of you at this time that we're going to achieve victory because we're all following my leadership throughout all of this, regardless of all of your independent and individualistic and probably solipsistic, actually, opinions of yourselves as being the only ones that matter. So when we get to this final Death Star-like ultimate weapon, I want you to know that I have faith, faith in all of you to follow my leadership, to achieve victory and making me the king. I'm making us the king of all of them under my leadership. There we go. Good job, guys. You just won Florida. Clap, clap, clap. Yes. Uh, Akira, for one, claps in excitement at this rousing speech and is very impressed. All right. I'm making my diplomacy check now. Oh, wait. I forgot to turn on the recording. Can you do that again, Bob? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I actually got a 17 roll, I'm going to add a d6 plus 2 to that. <laughs> Why not? Try to get to a 40. Yes, oh my, my actual diplomacy roll is a 42. Wow. Well, the DC was 23. Yes, it was, and since I cleared it by 5 minutes, I can talk for another uh, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, according to the mechanics, which uh, and actually improve your level of opinion towards me by two levels instead of one. Okay. Um, you, you had me at victory. That's great. So for my extra 10 minutes, I'm going to do the short form of Mo. You've been looking great recently. I think you've obviously shot your armor at least once. Uh, Akiro, it's great. You know what? Your antenna are not, your horns are not nearly as annoying as Hiroji's antenna and Dr. Tuttle. <laughs> um, I really appreciate all that work you've done, you know, being a chatter assistant. And somehow Tuttle does not take that personally. Jason McDonald is playing the Ahsoki mechanic, Tuttle Blacktail, and his drone, Cheddar. For reasons he for reasons he can't quite comprehend. Ha! Alright, so that's all I did with my level. I vastly improved my diplomacy and I decided to use it on all of you. I'm now done. You know, the thing is, this only lasts for twenty-four hours. Aho! <laughs> oh, I understand. I'm willing to do it daily. Oh my god. We're going to have daily affirmations. No, nobody else is. But still, I think it's about time. Well, I, for one, appreciate a strong leader. It's going to be Rusty's daily affirmation. In fact, Rusty is going to become Tony Robbins and release an app and a sales, (laughs) a sales, um, a series of tapes and CDs where he makes you feel like you can be your best you. Yeah, but wouldn't wouldn't we eventually build up a tolerance to Rusty talking and Weasley? Sadly, there's no mechanic to that, interestingly enough, unless I fail. If I fail, you get 24 hours immunity. That does happen. There's no diminishing returns. 
as long as he gives you a new tape every week, I think uh, no diminishing returns because there's no reruns. It's L. Rusty Hubbard. What is Rusty's alignment? I'm curious. You know what? Buck up, little camper. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> are you lawful? Uh, you know what? Uh, your labels are very interesting, but you know what? I think what's important is that I have a message for everyone. Mm. Or uh, or OOC. He's true neutral, if you haven't figured that out by now. Yeah. <laughs> Rusty's, Rusty's alignment is Rusty. Yeah, it's, it's mutable. Rusty Carter, I'm willing to believe you. Changes to the situation. Well, I'm I'm neutral also, but I'm lost. So, uh, uh, did Rusty do anything else, or did he just make himself prettier and smooth talker? Uh, he also boosted up a little bit on the concept of some of his secondary skills. In this case, that actually meant disguise, stealth, and uh, what was the oh piloting? He actually maxed out his skills in those. But actually, his but his envoy special ability for the level, he actually did inc- improve his diplomacy so that I could actually have the option to either re-roll or add my die to it. Oh, boy. Uh, Kiro, what did you do? And the Squawks is, is right next to you, by the way. You guys need to come up with a name with, for him. Yeah, I'm going to figure that out. Let's see. I, I did a lot. Uh, Akiro, uh, being a user of the magic arts, has gained another third-level spell, which I will not spoil right now. We'll see it in That's action. That's good. That's good. See it in action. Um, he did a lot improved of things. Improved magic mirror. I mean, improved <laughs> yeah, mirror, mirror image. God, if they had such a thing, <laughs> I would I would take that. If that was the only spell I had, I would take that. You see that his armor has been, all of those uh, skulls and, and uh, sigils and, and spikes and things have all been removed. Uh, and it's been replaced with um, uh, sort of a, a sheen to it. It's got a carapace, a kefak carapace. And it is a composite that is from the exoskeleton of a mature kefak insect, and which are highly resistant to radiation. So this has allows his armor to be very, very resistant to radiation as well. And if that ever comes into play, we'll, we'll go into that. He's also got a couple cool things on his armor, one of which is just a clip that he can carry something like a light or a some other piece of one-handed equipment, like his data pad, I guess, is on there now. And uh, he also has, he presses a button, and inside his armor, a little cage opens up, and he motions the squawks to come into his pet carrier. <laughs> <laughs> so he can hang out in the pet carrier in the armor. So you got that cool little thing. Uh, also, just a lot of uh, basic gear. I got some uh, uh, restraints, uh, engineering kit. I have the motion detector. Uh, x-ray visor i got a bunch of healing serums i got a starfinder backpack which I, i'm the only one who didn't have that i thought i made a great discovery but it does it's really good for keeping your bulk down and being able to retrieve objects quickly mainly he spent most of his money on tricking out his weapon his weapon looks nice now he put a fusion seal on there which is uh, something that the hell knights use when they're trying to um well maybe try to kill and incapacitate but it's something that can knock someone down with a blast if uh, he's lucky and can prevent them from using spells for one round, which is nice. Uh, he also tricked it out with some external devices, like a uni clamp, which he now has his motion detector attached to, so he can do motion detection while he's wielding his gun because it's attached to his weapon. And he can activate that by a button that's near his trigger. Also, a laser scope, which greatly improves the range and accuracy of his weapon. So 
he did that as well. Um, I have a question when you're done. Yes. Also, now he can breathe underwater naturally. Is that your? Le- that's probably your level three spell right there. Nope. That is. Uh, you can <laughs> see that there's uh, some surgery had been done to the side of his neck, and you see what looks uh, like gills on the side of his neck. <laughs> Demon uh, gills. Yes. So he is now able to breathe in the water. I mean, who knows? Situational could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's an augmentation. Okay, I have a question uh, about yeah. the gun. Aren't you somebody who casts magical spells in some way? Yes, as and you've seen. Why do you have a gun? Uh, well, he doesn't better, have that many spells. It's better to have. Yeah, it's better to have a gun and not need it than to need a gun and not have it. That's why. Actually, that's a better answer than I expected. But still, my point was: it's, 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 shouldn't you have all these special abilities on the non-gun spells? No, no. These are all technological devices for the most part. They're all, all they're right. not, there's the mad the steel is magic, but the other thing, but that also makes the weapon a magic property, which I think is important. And all, all the other stuff, laser sculpt, uniclamp, those are all just um, technology. Okay. Uh, and you also boosted up all of your healing spells, right? I am not trained in divine magic. I have arcane magic. Oh, okay. All right. Speaking of which, did uh, Rusty take any ability to heal uh, stamina as an envoy? This level? Um, uh, I'm going to refer you to my lawyer at this time, uh, who has some answers for you. You'll have to actually submit it. Right. Yeah, that was a nice thing we discovered when I played. Uh, yeah. It's it amazing how everyone is so resistant to healing. No one wants to be the party healer. Shame. Well. If I could heal, I would, but. I can't. So. You are a mystic. You can heal with just the decision. To I am do not so. a mystic. I'm a technomancer. Oh, please. <laughs> That's totally different. <laughs> I've been waiting. It's been like several months, and you finally figured out that he's actually not a mystic. Actually, you never. Oh, figured I figured that out. out long ago. It doesn't uh-huh. matter. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes, it Techno- does. Technomancers have no healing. Oh, we missed it. It really doesn't matter. It's basically, okay, Technomancer is, I am a mystic, but I want to be cool. I'm a mystic that's wearing cool mirror shades in the 80s. Oh, speaking of which, I am wearing cool mirror shades. You asked that? I thought maybe he was like the witch warper class from the playtest, but I figured he wasn't a mystic, though. I'm a very odd build because... Um, You're not duck. Yeah, because I'm wearing heavy armor, and I use a long rifle, both of which uh, Technomancers are not proficient in, but I am. You could have taken the Star Knight. I know. I I rejected that for some reason. I forget why, but I did look at it. You have to always have to give up stuff when you, uh, you know. You didn't have to give up much, and you would have gotten the heavy armor for free and something else for free. I thought it was actually pretty good, but whatever. Oh, you get one less spell. You had one less spell. That was that's one. I don't like having less spells. That's true. Wait, you wear light. You wear light armor. Wow. Did Mo do anything? Did Mo even bother, or did he just literally go to the bar, say, "Give me another thirty healing serum- serums," and call it a day? Uh, no, Mo got some stuff. Uh, yes, he did get some healing serums. He blew a lot of money on. Uh, he's now thirty Mark One healing serums, and he has five Mark Three healing serums. That's where he spent the bulk of his money. But he also got a rope. He was needing a rope. So, uh, and how much did that rope cost you? It was one credit. One credit. <laughs> I think I bought at least two ropes. You did. You bought. You guys learned your lesson and said, you know what? Let's spend the one credit on rope. 
never know. Well, we had we had rope before. It's just the character that carried the rope freaking went to another dimension. Yeah, that happens sometimes. I mean, that's how we got the, our ship is we had mouse on a mouse on a rope. Remember? That's right. That's right. Actually, do you remember that when we were in PaizoCon and we didn't have rope? Actually, Bob was with me. I think John was too. Yep. And that guy yelled at us because we none of us had rope. And then we like fell down a pit and he yelled at us because he's like, how can you be first level characters and not have rope? And boy, did we learn our lesson. <laughs> he was a little judgmental, I found. But uh, yeah. A, he, a he little. Had, he had a perfectly fair judgmental. He had a it fair point that none of us brought rope. It wasn't that one of us did. I know. It's that none of I us know. did. But still. <laughs> none of us did. And he was going off on us. That was that was really funny actually but i learned my lesson i was like you know what you're right always bring rope it's like it's like never leave home without a towel oh never leave home without a rope yeah yeah that's true i mean i can teleport and fly now so it's not as important but it is important i mean it's very useful it's very flexible you know you can tie someone up with it you can you know drag things with it you can do a lot of stuff with it but really more on topic we were talking about mo's upgrades and i'm wondering if mo finally upgraded his armor to be as good as my new armor Oh no! Now Mo is actually uh, Mo's at war with 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 Paizo, and uh, there's not <laughs> enough money. there's not enough money in these adventures. I can't buy anything. I mean, maybe you guys can buy stuff as 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 different classes, but like I have like a fourth of the money that I need for uh, an armor upgrade, a weapon upgrade. I have like half the money I need for a weapon upgrade, so. You got a great weapon. You got a fantastic weapon. You just don't like being next to monsters. That's the problem. That's the problem. As I was talking, as I was talking, (laughs) uh, the loot is crap. The loot has been very crap, and I haven't (laughs) been able to upgrade to stuff. I've I've only taken drops. I'm quite happy taking drops, but uh, yeah, they're they're, I've got a new kinetic weapon, which is uh, I've now upgraded. From my level two pike to this awesome ultra thin longsword, uh, which we took from that uh, Solarian in the last fight, uh, which it's doing instead of doing one d8, I'm now doing four d8, which is quite a big upgrade in uh, damage. But uh, uh, zero frostbite rifle, good for uh, for range, and I've got a new uh, laser. Uh, arc around but i'm actually looking at a different tab so uh my new my new abilities is i have a new uh style of soldier it's a hit and run uh i mo is a blitz soldier who jumps into combat uh this at least uh has some fighting upgrades i gain an opening volley as a bonus feat and i can use a uh oh geez no uh okay so it's Hero Lab is now dying on me, so I can't read how it works. So I have a question about this jumping out of fights. So you're saying you're not going to stand your ground and protect the rest of us? Uh, I would read it, but yeah, I can't. One of those two words was run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, it's yeah. in and out. Where it was he probably leaves. run. The, the, the other word is probably fast, I think. So run fast, right? No, you have hit and run. Away. Run away, maybe? <laughs> run, <laughs> run, run, ampersand, hide. Run lounge. <laughs> right, lounge. Which one did you take? There's opening volley, nimble, full side, duck and weave. There's a whole bunch here, actually. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying run to and hide open as it, but like I, I said, opening. Uh, it was opening volley, and I would like to describe that, but I have to go to the core rules to actually uh, 
go to it because Hero Web is not working. In the meantime, though, basically your build for this level is how can you be our tank without actually being near the monster? Is that what I understand? That's yes. I'm not listening because I'm busy looking stuff up. Okay, I gain. Yeah, I have it in front of me. Apparently, whenever you deal damage to an opponent with a ranged attack on your first turn of combat, you get a plus two circumstance bonus to your next melee attack against that opponent. That's pretty nice. Well, wait, let him read it because I don't know if that's what he has because there's a whole bunch of things there. What did you take? Uh, let's see. Um, I used range weapons, but I can fight close. Uh, I can fight close up. Um, so people don't get attacks of opportunity. Of, I, I think of changing. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I think oh, I read that. Were you reading it? I put it in. I put it in the chat. Well, that's that's on one page, and then you know, hit and run thing is. That's all hit and run. Right. I copied the whole thing. Oh, okay. I was looking at Hope and Volley. All right. So let's see. I get a bunch of stuff. I, I, I'll, I'll read them as I go. I, I am flustered right now. There's too many things to read right now. Um, but basically, opening Volley, I get. Uh, um, I can shoot. Um, let's see. God damn it. This isn't. Yeah, this isn't a description of open and Volley. Yeah, okay. I don't know what's going on. Well, you figure that out. Why don't we go to Aeon Tuttle, who's now glowing. And also on his own, because I'm sure Cheddar will never be back ever again. Well, first, I'm going to do a little detour and tell you about the road not taken. I very briefly considered, as a role-playing thing, that the sort of the Aeon Tuttle thing would turn into a, a, a wholesale character shift, and I would start taking levels in either Technomancer or Mystic. But I just, I was playing around with it, and I just, I don't know, in the short term, we're like off to go fight the big bad, and I'd have like two extra spells, and it just didn't seem like it was really worth the trouble. So I ended up bailing out on that idea. But we almost had this, we almost had this sort of like the new religious transformation tunnel or whatever. So, but um, turns out, though, on the other hand, level nine is kind of a boring level for mechanic. Um, I took... Uh, I think I took nimble moves as my big feat, so I can like now move through difficult terrain, which is kind of nice. Uh, and Cheddar actually just took an extra speed, so he can now go forty. So it seems like movement is like the theme of this level. Um, speaking of which, Tuttle's big uh, upgrade on the equipment side is he now has a jetpack, so he will, he will now have the flying mouse as nice. part of our repertoire. Also, to try to get a little bit extra um, oomph out of my uh, new pistol, I uh, put a Ghost Killer seal on it. So it now does full damage against incorporeal creatures. Nice. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I did, and it's a little bit duplicative with what Mo already has, is the, prob- the problem with my pistol is that those the fuel cells for that are heavy comparatively compared to batteries so i got myself a, an additional like mark one null space uh container to put my fuel cells in so to help to help oh, yeah, some of the storage that's issues worth it, yep. so yeah that's basically total and of course at some point we're going to rebuild Ch- at some point during the flight home we will rebuild cheddar well i'm going to tell you a little bit about what happens to cheddar as you rebuild him so cheddar was utterly destroyed as you know in that fight and uh you went through and rebuilt him, made Cheddar Mark Four. Cheddar Mark Three lasted for quite a while, quite a while indeed. But Mark Four 
Mark IV has some interesting properties because when you were building Cheddar Mark IV and working with the Goblin technology, the button got a little... Eh, let's just say you uh, crossed the wires a little bit here and there. You're experimenting a little bit more. And you managed to unlock a, uh, a hidden circuitry that has given you even more possibilities. All I'm going to say is before you used to roll in a 1D10 when you hit the button... Now you roll a 1D100 when you, roll, <laughs> when you hit the button. And there's way, way more outcomes than before. Uh, hopefully oh the chances of seeing repeats will be much lower this time around. So. Interesting. Nice. Uh, also, what did you add? You made, it him, you made him faster. So now he is. Yes, he's up to a foot speed of 40 now. There you go. Based on that information... Uh, Jason, could you actually update all the listeners for from Cheddar's point of view how he's changed since the last, last level? In a robot voice, please. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, then again, you did give us the rousing speech, so. I tried my best. I don't know how rousing it was for anyone else. I liked it. I was AFK. And you, and you look a lot better. You look like you cleaned up. Like you're, you, uh, you, were un- you moved from unfriendly to friendly, uh, Ikiro, so I would hope so. Accessing additional subroutines, new new subroutines and defensive paradigms available. Additional land speed engaged as well. I have a question for the <laughs> GM. Uh, when, no. When we're done with uh, no, I say no to you. No. All right. What? What? What, John? All right. So the text that it's you about s- rope. The the text that you sent me. Uh, while it wasn't a description of opening volley, it does have. It's it's weird. Okay, so um, opening volley mean uh, whenever I deal damage to an opponent with an with a ranged attack on my first turn of combat, I gain a plus two circumstance bonus to my next melee attack against that opponent. Okay, um, okay. So the thing that you posted me, no, it's it's wrong. It's not wrong. It's just uh, abbreviated because that's all the that's everything you get on hit and run. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. Please. Okay, well, please, ignore that. Yeah. Ignore that then. All right. There, I deleted it. There. Yeah, I'm looking at opening volley. That's exactly what it does. Right, but hit and run soldier gives me something that doesn't make any sense. No, it's just a style. The style gets you these free abilities. And the right, free ability and at level that... nine, it. Please let me talk. And at level nine, it gives me an upgrade that doesn't make any sense. And I was one. I was going to pick your brain to see if you actually understand what that means, or if that's truly like a mistake in the t- in the text, because that is the description of the hit and run soldier at, at ninth level. They get a bonus to opening folly. Doesn't work that way. Secondary style technique. It's when you get a secondary style technique for the purposes of these style techniques. Treat your soldier level as equal to your soldier level minus eight. Hence, you only oh, get hit one. and run level one ability. So okay. you don't you don't get well, all level those nine free. doesn't. Okay, the point. Okay, that that's okay and that's fine. But the point I'm saying is that I still don't understand. You're not what level that nine. Means. You're not I, level nine. You're level. Okay, one I understand that. that Goddamn. But if I was level twenty, I still don't understand what that that, that text means. What are you looking at? What is it? What page? Uh, it's what Steve, uh, sent me. It's, uh, the hit and run soldiers. Opening All it says volley. is opening volley. You get to use that in the very first turn. 
at ninth level, you can use it your first and second turn. That's it. That's all it means. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, opening volley happens over two turns. It's not a, it's not a first round of combat thing. If I shoot during the first round of combat, then the second round of combat, I get a plus two bonus. When they say that I can do opening volley also on the second turn, that doesn't make any sense because, I mean, how would I no, do it? No, it says here, twice? benefit. Whenever you deal damage to an opponent with a ranged attack on your first turn in combat, you gain a plus two you know, bonus to your next melee attack against this. It's only your first turn. You don't get it your second turn. You get it one turn. That's a mistake that they made in this uh, description. And okay. I can point that out to Hero Lab. If right. you get ninth level, you can do it your first and second turn. Right. That's all it is. I'm reading it right here. Benefit. You get the one turn of combat. That's it. Hence, opening volley. So if you attack with a ranged attack your first turn, then your next melee attack, whether it's the second turn or eighth turn or whatever turn, you can get... Um, a plus two circumstance. Now, was, the, yeah. But the way it works, if it's plus nine, if you're ninth level, let's say you attack the first turn and you miss, you don't get the plus two. But then you attack again with the range combat. The second turn you hit, then you get the plus two. Oh, now, range. Now at this level, you don't get that. Like if you attack the first round and you miss, you don't get the plus two. So you have to hit. The way that the reads, two. though, if you're level nine, you could conceivably get a plus four. If you shoot the first turn, get the bonus. Shoot the second turn, get the bonus. And on the third turn, yeah, if you, you could. You, yes. No, 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 no. But the melee attack must occur before the end of your next turn. Um. Yeah, it actually, Chris is right. It doesn't double. All it does is it gives you two abilities, two chances to hit them, and then do melee attack. That's all. It's not that great. Yeah, I guess and, so. and, okay. I'll be honest. You will right. never get that. No, I'll never ever use it. No, it's eight more never, turns. Never eight more yeah. levels. <laughs> now, here, here's another question for I'm the team. This all out. It, yes. is, is the round of surprise count as the first round of combat? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because that's your first turn. That's your first turn. So that surprise round can screw you because you only get to do one. Well, you can do your swift and you can do a standard. So, but you can't move. So, anyhow, and then if you need to take your gun out, then you have to use your swift. Actually, I don't know what because then you need to move to get. No, your I'll, gun I'll out. walk around with my my default character just so you know right. is to have my gun out. That that's all right. How I'm walking right, around. Yeah, I mean the the, the the surprise is good and bad. All right, anyhow. Oh, and I forgot to tell you my feet, by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, and my feet. Oh, I haven't told you my feet yet. Uh, I got more bad news for John because what? if we find some heavy armor or power armor, it's going to me. No, it's way. not. Ah, going oh, to yes. You. Oh, yes. Okay. It's going to be a roll off. Well, this will be good. Or a fight to the death. I will now tell you the feet that I took. It's powered armor. That's the feet that I took for ninth level. Because Excellent. Right. That's the good. only way I can upgrade armor. You know, no, the feet is you I took won't be getting power armor. Power you armor, baby. You will not be using any powered armor. <laughs> Both took powered armor. Really? The Technomancer took powered armor. Great. It's crazy, yeah, so, right? So, yeah. Mo, I do yes. want to ask, what is your EAC and KAC? I want to make sure that you have the top among us all. Oh, oh you're, 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 you're way higher than us. Oh, is it better than yours? Oh, that's so sad. Oh, yeah. That's yours, Bob. Oh, I didn't mean to actually like highlight that by trying to sort of armor shame you. That I feel bad about the fact that I've I might that. be able to armor shame you. Uh, I'm not so sure. What is your armor? What What is my armor? What is your EAC, KAC? I'm asking you. 
25 KAC, 26 KAC. But, you know, I don't want to actually brag. That's That's okay. That's actually not bad for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's not bad for you. Oh, here we go. EAC 26, KAC 28. So, you mean one better. So, that that bragging was one difference. Right. Yeah, well, still. You know what? Yeah, still matters. Actually, maybe because that. 28. Isn't 28. Two better than two 20? more. Yeah, two yeah. better. I yeah. was going by the AC, but yes, I understand. No, actually, that is better. That's impressive. Yeah, I wear heavy armor. I don't play. And really? Do you? It, did you? Have you not mentioned that in the last two minutes that you wear heavy right. armor? We haven't. I want to. I, I, I need John to know that. Hear that a lot because uh, heavy armor and power armor. So you're going to be in the front with John. You're going to be right next to Mo. Totally. Yes, I think it's great. He didn't say that. Totally. Yeah. There you well, go. That, that's actually specifically why, because I looked up Hell Knight again, or Star Knight archetype again, and that's specifically why I didn't think that, because their they're one b- big ability, other than the proficiencies, is they have a taunt. They have an actual taunt. So, Chris, I just want to make so, clear. Uh, yeah, I don't want that. You have the highest armor class, the ability to cast a mirror image, and you have a taunt. I'm here. No, no I, don't have a, I, don't, I don't have a taunt. In, I don't uh, have a taunt now. But okay, I could have still. taken it. Highest armor class, and you have the mirror image ability, so you're the tank. Oh, it armor. gets better because I also have invisibility. Well, there we what? go. That's not a tank ability, though. <laughs> <laughs> what is he doing in the back? I think from now on, I think Cheddar has to put a shock collar on Akiro and force him to be in the front. Just constantly, Cheddar will attack you. You know what it's like? It's like in uh, World War II when the Russians would retreat and they would fire on their own guys yep. if, if cheddar i mean sorry if akiro goes anywhere near the back line cheddar has orders to shoot akiro there you go <laughs> <laughs> yep it gets okay. it gets, okay it gets even that. better if you want me to keep elaborating because we're my yeah, let's keep going let's hear how let's how hear good how good it gets and he can fly and he can fly and i can fly <laughs> and, and i took enhanced resistance kinetic so now i have a six damage resistance. No, oh, it keeps going. <laughs> and five cold, and five electricity, and five fire. But he's that's had just... one half of an adventure, and he's <laughs> he's got. How do you? How are you invisible? How do you do that? Is that a natural ability? It's it's it, it, it is it is uh, powers beyond your comprehension. Wow. Yeah, you need to be very smart to be able to do that. Wow. Yeah. Mo is not very smart. Yeah, I know. It's just, everyone has their. Doctor Tuttle must have that. Because he is very smart. Doctor Tuttle has the beginnings of that, yeah, but it takes a lot of discipline. He spent his time in um, the classroom. Uh, I spent my time in the school of hard knocks. Sure. Yeah. All I right. Get that. Uh, did we talk about Cheddar's upgrades? I think a I little bit, but not much. I don't know if we were. He done with he that. moves faster, and his button has been massively upgraded, and he. Okay. Might shoot a little better, but Mo's uh, feat was power armor, and uh, Akiro just said he also took power armor. So no, I didn't. I, I didn't. I was joking about that. Oh, I did think, you really? Yeah, yeah. No, I have enhanced enhanced uh, resistances. Oh, that's what I took to get the six kinetic. No, John, we're giving you a lot of trouble, but you are in fact still the front line fighter. No, oh, yeah, right. But congratulations. They're... Yeah, right. <laughs> but we will not take from you your ability to stand there between us in danger. Don't you worry. If there's yeah. really good heavy armor, though, I'm going to have my eye on it. You know, the most ironic part is when you get powered armor, you can you can wear light armor, and then whichever of your abilities is better, the EAC or KC, you get the better one. So really? if you do get powered armor, Mo is going to have to go down to light armor. 
So now, then, then it's going to hold new fight occur because you can only wear light armor with powered armor. You can't really, yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah, cool. Basically, you go inside of it. It's kind of like oh, uh, I could take Rusty's armor. That's right. That's yeah. right. You can That'd take Rusty's you know armor. Look, none of us want that, though. I think we can all agree on that. That's fine. I mean, and, and I'll have uh, the, uh, powered hands, so I'll be super strong hands. I'll just rip that armor off of Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll peel him like a grave. <laughs> That's right. Well, one of them is Cargo Lifter. That's like literally a powered armor. It's from Aliens. It's, they just took yeah. it from Aliens. Yeah. So Do you remember you about uh, 20 minutes ago when your opinion towards Rusty raised from indifferent to helpful? Where's the helpful? I want to see the helpful. Uh, me know. helping myself to your armor. There it is. Not so helpful. That's all I'm saying. Well, I, I like that because then I'll be the only one who needs heavy armor. So that's that's cool. I'm probably not going to go to power armor ever. It's got to have some negative effects on your magic. Nope. <laughs> really? <laughs> it doesn't. No, it's why different. Wouldn't, why wouldn't everybody go to powered armor then? Well, I mean, for most well, people, it takes two feats to do it. Oh. Well. It took me a feat just to get heavy armor. Well, so you could only use it for a few minutes and then it runs out of batteries. Like, it's one of these things you almost have to... It's like Ripley. You have to just use it for one encounter, and then you have to put it away. Like, you you literally have to carry it around in a null sack. Because it weighs... They weigh, like, 20, 30, 40 bulk. And they only last, like, wow. maybe for, like, four minutes. And then they're done because the batteries drain. So you can't just walk around in powered armor all the time. You have to just gear up, use it for a fight, and then, like, take it off. So... <sighs> Great. The well, the there's fight, a, there's though, a lot of different kinds, though. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, yeah, maybe we'll find some power on Earth. That's the only way we'll get it. You could buy it for eighty thousand. Yeah, right. <laughs> you actually had enough to buy it, but oh, you're out of your mind. No, because you, you don't have the armory. You don't have the armory. That's why, because the army had tons uh, Steve, of armory. I have the armory. I looked oh. through the armory. Okay. You're wrong. Right. You're so wrong. What's the cheapest one? No, I bet it's not that. It's much. like level four, and it's about ten. No, that's not the one I was the looking. Armor at. class is like spider harness was good. Half of what I have, spider harness could afford that, and that one's really good. Anyhow, with that, let's get going, shall we? You guys have any anything you want to do while you're back at Absalon Station? Any any last will and testaments you want to write? Any uh, self help books and you know tours you want to go on, Rusty? I would just like no, to. I would just like to get my um, application to the Hell Knights uh, certified and uh, sent in for consideration. Okay. You can... I want the notary public to you know sign off on that, and yeah, I want to. I want to become a Hell Knight. So. Oh, I'm a notary public. I can sign that. Oh, okay. Please. Yep. Not is there a, a fee? Is there a fee associated with that? No, not at all. I'm happy to actually uh, witness it and sign it, and just leave me with a copy of the documentation. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. That, that's totally going to get lost in the mail. I hate to open one more can of worms, but do we want to consider upgrading the Sunrise Maiden at all? Oh, no. no. no, we, no. we actually don't have any money for it now. We forgot. If we about die it. in combat, then we die in combat. I'm, I'm willing to. You don't to, actually uh, need <laughs> money. The well, ship kind of levels up. The ship kind of levels up as a character. It yeah, kind of does. No I well, actually have a plan for that. Yeah, well, short gonna... term, we're visiting the Starfinder Society in Absalom to update them. So let's do that. Short term is you show up, the ship drags itself in, and the Starfinders look at this and all roll their eyes. And they're like, oh, God. 
It's like, look at what the cat dragged in. What the yeah. heck? It's like the expanse. They're like, what did you do to my ship? What did you do to the Ross with the Rossi? Yeah, the Rossi. Rossi. Now, now look, my point is though that eventually when the Rossi saves the universe for like the fourth time, they're all nice to them. That ship Look is what stolen. you did to my Rossi, my stolen Mars ship. <laughs> you guys did steal the ship, by the way. So it is. It is kind of like the Rossi. Uh, no, we claimed salvage rights. So did they. So did they. <laughs> she actually did will it to you, the woman who died. Yeah. She willed it to Hiroji, technically. So now it's sort of... Oh. And Hiroji willed it to us. I have a copy of the documentation where he willed it to us, if you'd like to see by us, do we mean you? Yeah, I've got the documentation right here. Uh, let me provide the documents to you. Is is your name on there? Rusty sure, Carter, yes, space is. lawyer. <laughs> he does everything. He's part lawyer. I'd like to re-roll that. What? <laughs> he's doing... He's doing what? Yeah, it's uh, 37 stuff. for my documentation, so let's go that. So you made a forgery? It's a forgery. Oh, I God. said nothing of the kind. This is the documentation. Here it is. Oh my god. You understand the forgery mechanic is the same as a bluff roll, right? Yeah. Yep. I'm starting to realize that Rusty Bob might have broken Starfinder. With <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you, yeah. were, you were like, I could do anything with one check. I just bluff my way through life. Well, <laughs> I can do a few things with one check. That's not the he can, same. You can charm thing. everyone. <laughs> as long as it's not combat, you're fine. I actually had a couple of combat abilities too. As long as it's mostly not combat, you're fine. With that, they're gonna put the ship through some paces and uh, might put a couple of surprise upgrades on the ship. We're gonna see and find out later because uh, I got a little plan for uh, the ship to make it work better. And uh, let's just say uh, if you do get into starship combat again, it's gonna go a little smoother this time. A little bit more fun but let's not worry about that shall we so you know i'm sure we're not gonna get any star combat why why would we worry about that you're you're not i'm making sure of that and with that you meet one last time literally the last time until the last episode that you are gonna see good old chessex Chessex sees you all and says, Ah, oh, yes, yes, I, I'm, I'm glad you found a hero. Uh, what, what, what happened to Hiroji? Uh, th- where did he right, show up? Oh, Hiroji, right, yeah. <laughs> there was a, well, from what they tell me, there was a mishap. Trans Transporter malfunction, if you will? Yes, that's what I heard. Oh, that's most unfortunate. He owed me money. Well, anyhow, I'm sure we can take it out of your... Uh... Oh, yeah. I'm not so sure about that, actually. Rusty, uh, talk to him about that. <laughs> oh, Rusty. Rusty's always good for a laugh, and he's always good. His credit's always good around here. <laughs> anyhow, with all of this going on, I see that you are nearing the end of this adventure. You seem to have found the Gate of Twelve Suns. Hopefully you can destroy this super weapon once and for all before the nefarious cult finds it and destroys us all. So either you win or we all die. How exciting! Yes. yes. Um, the cult of the Devourer must be destroyed. Yes, and will I'm sure destroy the the horrible weapon. 
Your mind games don't work on me, Mr. Rusty. <laughs> As you rolled terribly. I also did words. Roll terribly there. You did roll terribly. He rolled a six and a four for his yeah, bluff Yeah, I know. Check. But the re-roll is the final one, and that's a 24 bluff. That's terrible. I want to see his sense motive, though. He has to take the lower two rolls. No, he doesn't. You yes, he does, actually. No, my he special doesn't. Abilities. No, not unless he has a counter. You don't know what he has. I, I don't, but okay. one of my special abilities is the listener has to actually roll dice and take the lower. Fine. I still beat you with a seven. Really? With a seven? He has a seventeen. Yes. That's motive. All right. More than that. Way more than that. All right. Well, I'm impressed. All Your right, sense then, motive for down. him? Seriously? There's, there's still like 25 sense then, motives. Then he absolutely saw through my life. There it is. <laughs> I'm actually looking at the stats. It's, they're in the mid-20s, so... Impressive. Rusty right. likes to joke. Exactly. Hi, <laughs> Rust, Rusty, you joker, you. Anyhow, ooh, I see you have a pet squawk. What is its yes. name? Um, that's a good question. I'm thinking of calling it Igor. Igor? What a peculiar name for a squawk. Yeah, maybe even something like Hi, Igor, because that has all the letters of Hiroji, just to honor his memory. Why don't you just call it Hiroji Jr. or just Hiroji? There were. That won't be confusing at all. Mm, not a bad idea. Oh, I joke. <laughs> Igor is a perfectly good name. <laughs> Have you thought about anything cheese-related? Oh, there you go. Is it possible that that squawk is Hiroji? Like, maybe that's what... Anything is possible. Into? I have magics that can warp... Well, we'll wait till we see that in action, but yes. Oh, it, is it, it is possible. It is possible. <laughs> it's possible that, that Squawks is Hiroji. Baleful polymorphed. There you go. There you go. I really wanted to join the party, so when you weren't looking, I polymorphed him to that. Well, anyhow, it seems that uh, everything is in order. We will fix your ship up, as it looks like it was attacked by some fearsome space beast. I can't remember seeing so much damage done to a starship. And still in one piece, that is. Oh, yes. It was a horrible monster. I don't know where it was from. It tried to drag us down to the side of the planet. At first, I thought it was pilot error, but I came to realize that it was not. We had it all on film. Unfortunately, our uh, recorder got busted, so we can't actually give it to our... That would have been great for the TV show. So with that... I presume that uh, everything you need is in order. Is there anything we can help you out with? Do you need any uh, spit and polish? Any last-minute provisions that we could provide for you on this epic last adventure where you either save us or we all die? Oh, yeah. Give me some power armor. Oh, <laughs> yes. We have a cargo lifter, a spare cargo lifter. Would you like that? Sure. Really? Nice. S say, say yes. Why not? What can it hurt you? Rusty, I need your uh, armor now. Take it. You mean the armor you're wearing right now? You yeah, I, no, I need you. No, no, you're not taking that. Uh, no, you the said power, <laughs> the power lifter Wait. sounds fabulous. Yeah, well, the power. cargo the cargo lifter is level four and uh, price twenty one fifty. So it only gives you a plus zero to your EAC and a plus seven to your KAC. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it gives you a minus 10 to your armor check penalty Oof. for speed of 15 feet. And uh, let's see, you can use it for 40 minutes. It does have a large space with a 5 foot reach. 34 bulk. What does it do, though? What's the bonus of it? You 
get a plus seven to your KAC. That's what it is. You don't get any strength bonus? Or yeah, well, welcome to the strength world of power plus, armor. Strength plus five, but you can't use any weapons with it. Oh, so it's basically for lifting heavy objects. Yeah, and you get a minus four to all attack rolls if you're uh, using it during a combat. Right, it's not for combat. So he's like, well, I don't know what you're going to be doing with the cargo lifter. I guess you have a lot of heavy items in your ship that need to be moved around because, as you well know, that is completely useless in combat situations. We can use it to carry all of the loot we're going to find back to the to our ship. Ah, excellent, excellent. Anything else we can help you with? Yes. Do you have any extra high-capacity batteries? High-capacity batteries? Why, of course. How many do you need? Uh, I'll take five. Yes, I'll give one for each of you. Five in total. One, two, three, four, five. Nope. You two Don't forget Igor. And one Don't for Cheddar. Igor. No, Igor doesn't need one. Only the characters get one. Squawks Igor is a mascot at best. Or is that you, Akiro? I forget. Oh no, I'm I'm quite I'm quite special. I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty big deal. So we hear. Anything else that can help you out? Did you guys get rope? I have rope already. I was gonna. You ask know, you. you should always have rope with you whenever you adventure. Always bring your rope. How about a wayfinder? Wayfinder? You're in the wrong game, my friend. <laughs> Actually, I think they exist. I, I know. Think I think they, they do exist in the Starfinder. I forget what they're called. They might be in there. Hold on. I think we're good to go, don't you? I think. Oh yeah, wayfinders. That's the name of the. Uh... The Starfinder Society faction. You guys good to go? Are you ready? Absolutely. Rock and roll? Well, actually, do you have an engineering kit on you that I could just put in my backpack? Of course. It's not on my it's not on my actual gear sheet, though, so I just have to throw it there. Oh, so you've been doing all your engineering checks at a minus two then. Quite nice. Yes, I have. Exactly. Hmm. How pathetic. Yes. Okay. Well, are you ready? I'm putting you on the ship. And we're going to go. Yep, ready to go. Ready to go. All right, with that, you guys get onto the ship. It's all sparkly and new. There appears to be some new pieces to it. They're all, like, covered. It's almost as if they will only appear when necessary in some opportune moment. Wouldn't want to spoil the surprise, now, would we? <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Hey, everyone. Steve here. So there we go. You get to hear all about the level 10 characters and how these guys modified and changed it. It's a little longer than usual because, well, quite frankly, this is it. I keep trying to tell them they're not coming back. And I was kind of surprised they didn't buy more gear, especially Mo. I actually tried to help him and showed him some things he could buy here and there. But I guess he just wants to hoard his credits. But... I guarantee they will never get a chance to spend them ever again. So I guess I might have to just drop things along the way for him to find so that his character can advance. The good thing is book five and book six do drop a ton of good loot for these guys. And they kind of anticipated this. So he should be set. 
Well, I will be interested to see what happens when they run out of healing serums. That is one of the problems when you don't have a dedicated healer in your party. It is true that these guys are really, really good, especially in Pathfinder, where you can just, you know, get a ton of wands and not have to worry about having a party healer, and in this case, just get a ton of healing potions. But I have a feeling they will be running out before the adventure is over. I guess we'll just, well, see what happens. Believe it or not, if all of these guys TPK, I have a contingency plan. In a weird way, I almost hope they do, because I promise you it's going to be really, really cool what happens if they TPK. It's going to be unlike anything you probably have seen or expected, but I promise you the adventure will continue just in a way you never expected. So a few fun facts. I actually signed up for a new service that tells where the Roll for Combat podcast tracks in the world. And yeah, we're pretty popular in the United States, but the countries where we're really popular, it's number four is Great Britain, which wasn't too much of a surprise. Number three was Brazil. I was kind of a little surprised about that. I was like, oh, Brazil, cool. Number two is Luxembourg. Okay, that one I did not expect. And number one, where we're ranked 12th, believe it or not, is Angola. Angola loves Roll for Combat. So everyone in Great Britain, Brazil, Luxembourg, and Angola, how you guys all doing out there? We're happy you guys have joined us here at Roll for Combat. Keep up the great listening in that great country of yours. Something else that's fairly fun is... Listening to the characters kind of figure out what are they going to do once the adventure is over. Because a big part of a role-playing game, which not everyone always thinks about, is how to end it. And something I'm always very careful about is to come up with a very satisfying ending for characters. Kind of an epilogue, if you will. And I already kind of like where Rusty's going as he becomes like a Tony Robbins type of inspirational speaker. But in this case, it's going to be Rusty style. And Rusty, well, we're going to figure out exactly what type of self-help books Rusty would create. But he's kind of going down that path. I'm not exactly sure where the other guys are going to be going. Obviously, I had talked to them, see what they want to do and kind of figure it out. I actually had a game once where I was playing, it was actually 4th edition D&D, and we got all the way up to level 20, and I had a pretty cool character where it turned out that, because my character was sort of evil, it turned out that it was a reincarnation of, like, the handmaiden of Loth, and she was, like, second in command for Loth, and then at the end of the venture, I basically did that. I went back to Loth and sort of became her second command. It was awesome. I really loved that backstory. And then Actually, in that same adventure, Seth's wife became a, a dragon, so she had a great ending, too. Chris almost died, but that's the adventure I've mentioned before, is where he fell in a volcano and had exactly 1% chance to live, and did. And I can't remember what happened to Bob's character. Maybe Bob can tell us, but he was also in that adventure. So that's what I mean, where you really got to kind of think about an epilogue and like where you want your character to be, because... In the end, you might not remember the journey. Ironically, the saying is, it's not the destination, but the journey, which I still believe is true because that's the whole reason you're playing a role-playing game. But you will often remember where your character ended up. So it's very important to have a good ending for your character. Actually, there's my GMPC tip. Always think about where you want your character to end up because the worst thing that can happen is you go through a very long adventure 
and then your character ends up like in jail or dead or just in a bad situation and then for the rest of time whenever you think of that character you have bad thoughts about that character you go in a bad place and you don't remember the character fondly so do think of that ahead of time and do try to have almost an overall arc if you will of where you want your character to end up Usually this will come naturally. You can try to plan in advance, but even look at the characters like Tuttle. I mean, Mo has pretty much been the same character from day one. Rusty has changed dramatically. He went from completely human to some like undead monstrosity. And then Tuttle has also changed quite a bit as well. Tuttle has sort of adapted and sort of become a little bit more accommodating of his surroundings. So it'll be very cool to see what happens. Chris, well, Chris has two characters, and Hiroji is not quite out of the picture yet. He might come back in the near future. Oh, all hail Hiroji. And then finally, I want to mention Gen Con. So, a few things about Gen Con. I'm running two games. I'm running the Pathfinder 2 Special, which is Thursday night. I'm running the Starfinder Society Special, levels 1 and 2, which is Friday night. Now, the Pathfinder 2nd Edition table right now... It is almost full. I only have one slot left. But right now, I am GMing Param from No Direction, Vanessa from No Direction, and Lauren from No Direction are all going to be sitting at my table. As well as John Stats from Roll for Combat, as well as a friend of mine who is also from Roll for Combat. So you have three people from Roll for Combat, three people from No Direction, and one free slot. And the good news is, you do not need a ticket to this event. I actually have a spare ticket. You can only sit at the table if you have a ticket. You can't use generic for this. So, if you're interested in joining us, let me know. Maybe i have a little contest and pull someone randomly. We still have about four and a half weeks to go, so not a huge rush, but you've, uh, if you want in on this, let me know. Well, I'll start talking about it on Discord channel and see who's interested. Now, as for the Starfinder Society game, that one's a lot easier because right now it's just myself, John Stats, and my friend. Just the three of us from Roll for Combat. Now, I don't know if anyone from No Direction or any of the other podcasts would want to join us, but I'm going to reach out and see who else wants to join us, and I'm going to sort of give them first dibs. But then I will definitely open it up to the rest of the listeners. The thing is, to pre-muster a table, you actually need a full table, so I need to get six people. And on top of that, they all have to be ticketed. The good news is I actually was able to get some extra tickets for both events. So even if you don't have a ticket and even if you can't get in, I have a ticket for you. The Starfinder Society one, I might not have as many because I think I only have one or two extra tickets. But the good news is I have a full extra ticket for the Pathfinder 2 event. Again, Pathfinder 2 is Thursday night at 8 p.m. And Starfinder 2.00, which was run at Origins that I heard was awesome. I'm going to be running levels 1 and 2. I'm not going to be running at the higher level ones, and that is Friday at 8 o'clock. There's also a special for Pathfinder 1st Edition on Saturday night. I am not running that, unfortunately. I'm, uh, well, going to some parties and uh, doing some other fun stuff with the Grimmer Space guys, in fact, because that turned out to be a huge success, and it turns out I'm developing for it. I didn't even know I was doing that, but I guess I am now. 
And then finally, finally, if you want to join some society games for Pathfinder 2nd Edition, there's going to be signups going up very, very soon on the Roll for Combat Discord channel. People have been posting some of the games that you can sign up for. It's not ready yet, but it's going to be very soon. So anyhow, do check that out. Just go to discord.rollforcombat.com and you can see and find out all about the upcoming games and sign up for them now. So again, show notes. Don't forget a new podcast every single Tuesday. Do subscribe to us on iTunes, Android, and Spotify. Don't forget, check out Jason's Talking Combat column every single Thursday. Do join the Discord channel. And those of you, I haven't seen this in a long time, guys. You get to level 10. You know what happens. You get a free t-shirt. All you got to do is post. And voila, you become level 10. It hasn't happened in quite a while, so... Um, yeah, I guess uh, people, are you posting, or do you not know about the rule? But, well, if you don't know about the rule, let people know. If anyone sees someone get to level 10, let them know they get a free t-shirt. Do follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And I started the Instagram up once again. I kind of stopped Instagram because I don't really love Instagram and the fact that you can't really, you know, post links and stuff. And especially for a podcast, it's not great. But Instagram is super popular, and I figured out some other things that we can post. So we're going to be posting a lot more on Instagram because, damn, it's popular. So we're going to start going with that one again. And, of course, do check out the Patreon. We got some new people donating. Thank you so much. It helps out the show a lot. Anyhow, I got to go catch a flight in a few hours, and I still haven't packed. So I'll talk and see you guys next week. See ya. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com or drop us a line at contact at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember Rusty Carter's motto, there's no I in team, but there is an M and an E.